Welcome everyone to another episode of Retailistic. We are very excited to have Gabriella and Natalie join us from Rethink Retail. We're going to talk about influencers of all kinds today. Do you guys want to say a quick hi? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having us here today. Hello. Thank you for inviting us. Super happy to talk about influencers, rethink, and everything in between. Great. We're super excited to have you. So let's kick things off. So I, in, we, we hear about influencers and creators these days, and you know they, they represent everything from kind of our, our lifestyle to our, our ethics and values. And I, I think it's been really interesting to see the kind of whole Rethink Retail Influencer Network and just, can you talk a little bit about how how that idea was born and, you know, where is it versus when you were originally kind of uh, planning everything and, and now that it's kind of alive and well, where where are we and where do you see it going? We're definitely seeing that there are changes in behavior of of how consumers are influenced, right? And so, um, you know, a greater value being placed on community. Um, but we're also kind of seeing the same thing for us as well. And so that's why we've been really leaning into, you know, video and social media and why we've been working really hard to kind of cultivate communities among our audience. And so, um, I really do think these factors have attributed to the growth that we've seen over the last couple of years and um, in large part due to our um, our influencer network, um, which was really the brainchild of our co-founder, Julia Hare, and Natalie Arana, who's here with us today as well. And so I'll let her kind of um, tell you the story of, of, how, of how all of that came to be. Great. Natalie, welcome. We look forward to hearing it. Yes, thank you. So Rethink Retail, you know, when it first started, Gabriella, myself, our editor-in-chief, Julia, and our managing director, Paul, we sat down and we were thinking about um, who is our audience? Who are we talking to? Of course, we are talking to the retailers um, and we are collaborating with them and they are across all of our content. But a big focus of um, what we shifted to from the very beginning was the influencer community. So as we were seeing who were the biggest voices, the most important people in the space, these consultants, academics, analysts, uh, members of the media, they were the ones that were shaping um, the trajectory of the industry. So back in the day, you know, when we were first starting off as we established the social media channels as well. So I'm the director of marketing. I, I helped build the voice um, when it came to everything on social media. Um, we were following the influencers very actively and we were thinking, let's invite them to the podcast. So that's when Gabriella would get them on the show. They would talk to Julia and all of those relationships really started blossoming from our early days. So then as things started um, changing, obviously the pandemic came around. We kept looking at the influencers to see what they were saying, what they were seeing in the space and the recommendations they were giving everyone. So whether it was a retailer, a technology company, or their peers, other influencers in the space. So yeah, so that's how the influencer list came about. You know, our first list was published in 2021. This is our second year. And we've kept the categories. We have academics, analysts, associations, experts in media. And it's been a great community to see grow. And we're so excited of the future. And is there anything that you know, not only the the community in terms of, you know, outward facing and whatnot, but but how are they they working together to support each other and to support you as well? 
Of course. So I would say one of the most rewarding things about leading this community has been the relationships that have been formed. So it's relationships among the top retail influencers, relationships that the Rethink Retail team has with them. Um, and we have internal meetings with the influencers every quarter. We're starting these monthly mixers. They get to talk about everything, um, you know, behind closed doors. We want to give them that space. And then aside from that, there's so many opportunities that come from it, whether it's we have several influencers, part of our content series, um, at panels, at events. So there's a lot of collaboration that goes along, not just with the Rethink Retail company, but among the influencers themselves. Yeah, it was interesting. I was at Shop Talk Europe, and I think you guys had a, a destination there. And it was, yes. it was fun to kind of walk by and see everybody engaging with each other. And, you know, I think it was nice for people, you know, sometimes conferences can be overwhelming mm-hmm. to also have like kind of almost like a physical meetup space. So I, I definitely could see the the benefit there. And it was really great to kind of just see everybody engaging and interacting. And, you know, we all see things in a different way when, when we're at one of those conferences and to be able to kind of have that like immediate opportunity for feedback and like a safe space, I, I thought was great as well. So you've kind of gotten uh, two years under your belt. How, based on what you've learned, and obviously part of that was done in the the midst of a crisis, how are you kind of thinking about, you know, what in some ways you have permission to do and what will that look like? Um, You know, kind of at the start of the influencer network, um, you know, we were just really trying to kind of cultivate a community for for retail thought leaders while at the same time um, having them kind of help us shape our understanding of the retail industry. Um, and, you know, whether that be having them on as guests on podcasts, which was primarily um, how we were engaging with them. But, you know, since then, we've invited them to um, host our podcast, <laughs> which, Deborah, you we actually just jumped out of a, uh, a recording with PacSun, um, which, by the way, just it, incredible job. And thank you again for that. I'm so excited to share that with our audience. Um, but, you know, having having retail, uh, retail influencers come on and, and, and analysts come on and, and be excited to host the show, excited to um, provide thought leadership on our video series, um, some of which are, you know, that we, we produce alongside um, big tech players like Microsoft. Um, what else? Um, you know, in the future, I know we're going to be looking toward hosting in-person events with our try, um, virtual events with our try, um, as well as uh, creating uh, another new organization, um, which I will, I believe Natalie will probably jump in um, now to share with you. Yes, of course. So a big part of of these relationships, it's the feedback, right? The feedback we get from the community, what they want to do, what they want to see. So like Gabriella mentioned, um, we get them on the show, we engage with them at, at events and all these things. And we're thinking, what is a good sister organization? So, um, you know, brainstorm with a team. And I'm really excited to announce that the Global Retail Leaders community um, will be launching this fall. So the Global Retail Leaders will be a similar idea. It is thought leaders. It is those visionaries in the industry. But it is the people that are specifically working at the retail companies and brands. 
So, you know, we're in full planning mode right now. We're looking for the right people to join this organization, um, this community, and we have nominations that are alive. So I will say the nomination form can be found at rethink.industries slash nominate GRL. And yeah, so the Global Retail Leaders community will not just focus on the networking aspect within the community, also a lot of opportunities to connect with the influencers, the top retail influencers, with leading technology solutions that are part of our network. We'll have private networking events for these retailers, um, facilitating any mentorship or really any career development that they're interested in and promoting them as an individual and also anything that they want to present um, as far as the organizations that they work for. So the Global Retail Leaders is coming very soon. I think that's really interesting because, you know, I've always said, you know, at Coursight, what we do is, and it's more just, you know, to frame it, and we take these these really interesting ideas that people have in the tech world. So let's call it like the West Coast or, you know, kind of where we used to see more of that. And then we try to help them translate it into, right, the East Coast, right? So for retail, what's practical because, I mean, hey, we could... I'll put our heads together here and come up with like, you know, many really interesting ideas. But, you know, the idea that a retailer would actually pay money, especially if, if it's a SaaS type of model and continue to pay money, that's that's a whole different topic. And I think that what you're building is, you know, kind of this, this same type of idea because you'll have, you know, kind of analysts and, and media and academia together who, you know, really can help the retailers as they're talking about, you know, what they think the consumer wants or what their research, you know, kind of suggests. And, you know, the community as, as a whole can really be like, nah, it's like not what we've seen in our research. And I think anything that can be done to save friction and to save, you know, really frustration, I think right now is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, to your point, um, you know, part of all of this kind of came out of something that we did during the pandemic, which was we launched a uh, private networking event for um, some some analysts, but mainly for retail leaders. And so it was this these off the record calls that we would hold um, every like month or so. And we had all these different retailers from across all different categories coming on, connecting with one another, um, talking to each other, you know, what was going on to the pandemic, um, what they had learned, where some of their um, challenges were, and they were able to connect and, um, you know, learn from one another. And, and none of this was publicized. Um, it was totally off the record. And, and we got a lot of great feedback um, about, you know, just the call and, and and being for them being able to connect with their peers um, in this way that they didn't feel like there was this pressure, you know, of what they said, what they could share and how it would be perceived. Um, so I think that was really kind of the the foundation of, of the Tri Network. Uh, I think that that's actually really interesting because, you know, we're, I don't want to say we softball questions. It's more that we ask questions that we know won't put retailers in an awkward situation because especially if anything's live, you never want to, right, kind of be, mm -hmm. have, have anyone feel like, I've seen people freeze before and, you know, it, it can be a challenge. Actually, I was at a, I was speaking at an event last week and I was talking about live streaming. The person who was interviewing me, that she was working off of a teleprompter. And I always know, like, the more technology like that, 
the worst is going to go. And it like basically blinked out and she had no notes or anything. And so I was like, oh let me gosh. just like, and so it's funny. People were like, was everything okay? I'm like, yeah, it was fine. You know, she just wanted to get her breath. And so I like, I just jumped in. I, you know, kind of framing the the event and then like basically almost asking my, myself a question until like everything kind of got pulled back together. But I think there is something to be said about, you know, having that safe space. And it does seem like you've, you've really created that. Yeah, and um, the, the nice thing about this safe space, too, is where all these different opinions come in. So something that when we do have these private events with our influencers, and we will have very soon with the retailers, you know, I tell them, um, well, we have topics, we have discussion topics. And if you have an unpopular opinion, definitely bring it up. Because that is where the magic happens. That's where the conversations actually flow. And and you learn and your peers learn. We don't want everybody to be agreeing because um, then the conversation is boring. Right. So that's where and that's where they, you know, really find a lot of um, good points. And then they research. Then they maybe move the conversation over to a podcast and they record it. So it's been it's been really great to see. Yeah, I think that kind of back and forth is also really critical. What are you as you're talking to the retails, just, retailers, just kind of more generally and you know, you've seen their, you know, where they spend has changed, how much they spend, how they kind of work with their employees and their customers. What do you think will be the hallmark of 22 and how are you thinking about next year? Sure. Um, well, I will say the the off the record calls, um, we that ended, I believe, in 2021. So we stopped doing those as uh, live events kind of started, you know, opening back up and people had the opportunity to connect in person again. Um, so we haven't hosted any of those those off the record calls um, in a bit. And that's kind of, um, you know, why we're planning to launch the GRL network um, this fall. So that is uh, in the works. Um, I will say that you know, everyone that we've spoken to as as far as retailers go this year, I mean, there's a lot of a lot being placed on, you know, supply chain and sustainability, um, you know, the digitization of retail. Um, we're seeing so many more people. I mean, the metaverse has been the huge talking point of the year. I mean, I don't think you can go uh, five minutes um, at any retail conference without hearing about the metaverse, which I find it incredibly fascinating. Um, you know, live streaming, um, you know, unified marketing, that's a, that's a big one. Um, and how important it is to, um, you know, create these brand experiences that capture the interest of consumers since we are in such an oversaturated market. Um, data and personalization. I mean, those are all the big key topping points that I've seen for sure. What What about, I will tell you, it's been interesting because everything does seem to have kind of a, a place and a time. We've seen a huge uptick in the past two weeks. I have my theories around headless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my thoughts are that as, thank goodness, finally, we're seeing, you know, kind of a lot more being done around live streaming. And because of, I think, almost the kind of this, this interoperability that we need that, you know, retailers and, and others, I'm sure, are starting to kind of rethink the platforms that they operate on. But if they're on a headless platform, right, they can pretty much, it's like, you know, Legos, so they can easily change things in and out. Mm-hmm. That, and then I think, you know, the fact that we're seeing more sophistication in payments, right, if you can have like a single portal for checkout, that also makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there are, we're seeing more, um, 
embedded links. And I think going back to the influencer culture that we've been talking about, um, we're definitely seeing that. I know like Shopify, actually, no, it's shoppable, sorry. Um, but they are, you know, they're creating uh, influencer storefronts, which I think is extremely fascinating, um, where an influencer can have all of their, their items that they are, you know, promoting or that you've seen them share on TikTok or Instagram or what have you. You can go directly to your favorite influencer storefront and, you know, you can purchase the products right then and there. You don't have to go, um, you know, to an outside link. You don't have to go off the page. Um, it's all maintained right, housed and maintained right there. So, um, I think that's super interesting. Um, I think we're going to see more of that. Um, and just, you know, influencer culture in general. Um, you know, I, I think it's a really fascinating time for retail. What do you think in terms of where we are with influencers right now, where we're going, and then how do the sales associates play into that? Yeah, so I was actually, I saw this um, stat about B2B influencer marketing, where, you know, this year, about 40% of B2B companies are looking to implement influencer marketing. So obviously, it's the ones that might be a little bit later to the game or are just trying to ramp it up now. And I do believe it shows how important the influencer voice is in B2B. It is more obvious in the B2C space, but that level of trust, that level of authenticity and expertise is, is just crucial. And then, you know, if we're looking at B2C, like the example Gabriella just gave, um, people listen to, to these individuals, whether they're listening to them on LinkedIn and the B2B aspect or TikTok for B2C they trust them. They have that um, authority. So any company that is not paying attention to this, to this trend is really missing the boat on a way to connect with, um, with consumers and all, you know, this cluttered space. And what in your mind is you kind of look for, what are the strengths that you look for in an influencer? And, you know, how do you kind of segment or, or divide them outside of just kind of, you know, professional? So as far as the B2B space, you know, as we're looking at our community, we look at it through three areas. So um, industry experience, most of the people that are in our community or are just overall B2B um, influencers have some background where they've been a retailer for many years. Now they're maybe a consultant or an analyst. So they have that foundation um, contribution of insights is another area. So this depends on the type of influencer they are, the type of space that they move around. If it's an academic, um, it's different than a member of the media, right? But they have books, they have podcasts, published work. So the third area I would say is, is that reach, how many followers they have, what platforms they focus on, and how much awareness is on their content and the material they put out. Um, sometimes the influencers persona, their platform is so big that it's not just B2B, but it also goes in the B2C. I think a great example of that is like Scott Galloway. He's part of our list and um, he really is helping shape the the marketing space, the, the commerce space, technology, all of that. And how do you think about academia and how that kind of fits in with everything? Yes, I mean, academic, the academic voice is crucial. They're the ones... Um, 
putting the the hard work in the research. They have great connections and a great support through their institutions. Um, I know a lot of academics then end up actually leaving academia just because there's so much work to be done outside of it and so many opportunities that um, they can further explore. But having that foundational um, education is what brings such value from their voices. Absolutely. And I think, you know, another point is that they are kind of helping to shape the minds of, you know, tomorrow's business leaders. So they kind of have that direct, direct link to those, you know, older Gen Z's, younger millennials who are, um, you know, in grad school, or maybe they're, you know, getting their doctorates or whatever, or even just undergrad, they are they're there with them day in and day out. And they really can help provide a, a fresh perspective. Um, we've worked uh, quite closely with um, uh, academics at uh, George Mason University. Um, they've hosted several panel discussions on, you know, topics um, from sustainability to the metaverse to data and personalization. Um, so it's been really great to work with them um, and, and really get their insights and uh, fresh perspective from the academic world. That's great. So why don't we wrap it up with you know, kind of what have you both learned about yourselves as you've kind of moved through this this journey? And I would say the the journey is taking kind of a, you know, a, a right turn in the road, which is fascinating. And, you know, how do you think you'll continue to grow as, you know, Rethink Retail grows? Well, personally, I come from a, a journalism background um, and you know, I was a reporter um, at several newspapers um, before hopping on to Rethink Retail kind of from the start. And, you know, I used to cover crime and courts and, and homelessness um, and really, you know, um, kind of viewing things from uh a sociological lens, and when I came on to rethink retail, um, I knew I knew a little bit about retail. I had done some like business profiles and and whatnot um, as a journalist, but um, I'm learning so much about retail and commerce and how you know humanity is directly tied to commerce. You know, at the heart of of commerce are are humans. Um, so, so that's one. But number two, um, I've become extremely fascinated by uh, screen cultures and even more so since joining uh, Rethink Retail back in 2019. And um, even since then, I, I feel like uh, so much is, is changing dramatically and, um, you know, so much of our daily experience is, um, you know, on, on a screen. And, and I'm pretty fascinated about how uh, screen cultures have been um, you know, they become kind of uh, ubiquitous to contemporary culture and, you know, how that's impacted human behavior. Um, and so then I, I also find that the emergence of the next generation, the alphas, um, they're super exciting. Um, and, you know, while uh, some people think that the metaverse is a gimmick, um, I, I don't. And as a parent to an alpha and as a person who is watching China, um, I think it's going to be an incredible opportunity uh, for retail in the metaverse. Um, but then, you know, also watching how consumer trends and, and new cultures are 
are changing and how businesses are kind of moving the needle forward when it comes to um, making progress on sustainability and, you know, um, wages, uh, inclusivity. Um, we heard from PacSun earlier today about gender fluidity and the work that they're doing to create kind of a more inclusive culture, um, you know, and product offerings. I mean, then we're seeing it with other brands um, as well, like Old Navy. They're another good example. Um, and then, you know, retailers who were once the worst polluters, um, some of them have some of the most progressive sustainability initiatives. Um, I think Walmart ranks as the top retailer with the uh, EPA's Green Power Partnership. Um, and then companies like IKEA, I think they have installations on 90% of, of their locations here in the U.S. So um, I don't know, from the consumer to the businesses and then like back into the mainstream, kind of like how art mirrors life, which changes culture. We're kind of seeing that the progress businesses are making um, based off of really listening to consumers. It's kind of becoming cyclical and um really like truly creating these major shifts in the culture. So that's been what, you know, I've been really like focusing on and has um, excited me the most about this industry. Um, and I'm really excited to continue to be uh, a voice in the conversation. So for me, uh, my background is in advertising. I always saw myself working at an advertising agency, creating the spots and, and all of that. But um, when I joined Rethink Retail back in late 2018 and really helped shape this brand and shape its voice along with, with my team. It's been such a great experience. I saw the value in um, how advertising marketing can be so powerful in the B2B space and creating a media company that facilitates this, that um, joins forces with the greatest minds of influencers, of retailers, of technology leaders, has been just overall a great experience. I'm so excited for the future of Rethink Retail, um, leading all of these communities, building new communities, because what I've seen is people want to connect. Um, everybody is now behind a screen, but we, we we do crave that that human interaction and having communities of people that are like-minded, not like-minded, but are overall really shaping the space is is really rewarding. Well, that's great. And then I think just, you know, as we kind of close out, any uh, last pieces of advice for those in the industry, especially as we head into holiday 22? Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. I love it. I wanted to make a point that we're, you know, as we look ahead for Rethink Retail, uh, we're really focusing our efforts on um, you know, both our, our influencer network, um, as well as our audio video content as well, um, kind of shifting away from, you know, written articles and leaning hard into video. Um, although our audience is primarily, you know, retail leaders and tech leaders, um, you know, millennials are the, they're, they're the largest generation in, in the U.S. labor force and, um, you know, with older Gen Zs coming into leadership as well, um, you know, so kind of paralleling what we've been discussing with with the changes in the retail shopper and um, how 
how they're consuming media. We believe the same applies to how people are consuming, um, you know, our media as well. Um, so we've been really focusing on our video content and we're actually building out our TikTok strategy as well. Um, so I would definitely um, kind of advise any retailers who haven't, that, that aren't leaning into digital, who aren't thinking about their media, who aren't uh, on TikTok, they should definitely be there. Um, you know, TikTok was the most visited website of last year, surpassing Google. Um, and we all say, you know, be where your customers are. Well, that's where they are. Um, you know, Gen Zs, we talk about them like they're, you know, this emerging generation, but no, they are soon going to be the largest consumer group. So we need to start thinking about them as our primary uh, consumer group. Um, and we need to do it now. So um, yeah, I will leave you with that. Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Retailistic. We had Gabriella and Natalie from Rethink Retail, and we really covered the gamut as it related to influencers and new ways to think about engagement, especially as you know, this younger kind of digital first generation is, is really migrating much more towards video and audio. And I think they gave us a lot to think about. So, you know, this, this may be one you want to listen to twice. So any closing thoughts, Gabriella or Natalie? Yes, it, this was a great chat. Um, anybody that wants to stay up to date with Rethink Retail and the top retail influencer community, make sure to follow us on the main social channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and also follow the hashtag TRI2022. Um, our influencer community uses it and it's a great resource to stay up to date with all of the great things they publish throughout the channels. And I would say, um, you know, we also produce a podcast, the Rethink Retail podcast, um, which comes out twice a week on all major podcast streaming platforms. And we also just launched uh, our newest show, which is called On Becoming a Brand, which is a, a brand new format where we interview the founders of brands and really just get their story. Um, we're trying to take a more journalistic approach where we kind of bypass some of the corporate speak and, and get to the heart of their story of, of how and why they built their brand. So um, be sure to check that out. You can um, visit us at rethink.industries. We're also on Apple, Spotify, Luminary, and uh, everywhere else you get your, your favorite podcast episodes. Great, thanks so much to so everyone. Please like, subscribe. Spotify, Apple Music, or your podcast channel of choice. And we look forward to seeing you next week.